Hello and welcome to Food Systems, a podcast from the Forum for the Future of Agriculture, where we discuss new ideas that can shape a sustainable food system from farm to fork, from policy to consumers, and everything in between. I'm your host, Robert Agraf, and you can find us on Twitter at Forum for Ag. These episodes will be available every other week on all major podcast platforms. Before we get started, we'd like to say a quick thank you to the FFA founding partners, the European Landowners Organization and Syngenta, as well as the FFA strategic partners, Cargill, The Nature Conservancy, Rabobank, Thought for Food, and the World Wildlife Fund. Please enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Food Systems. Today is a little bit different. In the run-up to the FFA 2021, I thought we'd we'd give our listeners a peek behind the scenes. So today we're talking to Caroline Ma van Everdingen. Uh, She's been my colleague for many years and is the program leader for the Forum for the Future of Agriculture, which means she handles the overall coordination between the strategy and the operational parts of the FFA. So this is your chance to get a peek in the kitchen of how what it's like to organize a bit like this. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Robert. It's a pleasure talking to you. I just want to begin for our listeners. Just what is your own history with, with the FFA and, and when did you start working on it? Right. So FFA started in my life uh, in 2010. 2010, um, when I joined the European Landowners Organization, very quickly then I was brought to organize the next edition, so March 2011, together with the uh, Rice Foundation colleagues and Syngenta, so the co-founders of um, FFA. You were there in 2010. What was it like in 2010? Was it what was the the scope? What was it like? In 2010, it was um, so the second year or third, actually third year for FFA, and it was the first time that um, the Forum for the Future of Agriculture was taken into the square, so one of the largest venues in Brussels. That meant that the outreach of this event and the scope as well as the, the, the speakers invited were already really increasing and, and the level of speakers was really high as well as the attendance. Um, it was very impressive for me to see how um, the organizers were building this event together and trying again here to merge um, the agriculture world and the environmental world um, to for, for, for more discussion and more dialogue to move the Forum for the Future of Agriculture forward. Yeah, I mean, that's the same feeling that I had when I joined the, the FFA a couple of years after you. And sort of in that vein, over the years, I mean, the FFA is not what it used to be. How has it changed? Initially, the discussion was was focusing really on European, at European level, European policy, uh, way more than global. And now throughout the years, um, and I think this happened also when there was a, a change in chairmanship, we moved much more towards trying to understand the global, um, the global picture of agriculture and the food system. So this is certainly what I see um, uh, the, uh, a change and the, like the major change for FFA since its beginning. The, but there's always a tension because we do want to maintain most of our audience is after all European. So how do we make sure that like it still has that European attitude or, or flavor maybe is the best word for it? 
Well, that, that is actually the way we are building up the, the program and the agenda. It's simply by looking at what is happening at, at, at the global level, at the global discussion at, of the food system and, and global policy. Um, so more looking about at, at international organizations, then moving back to European policy, understanding how, how the European institutions are trying to adapt the food system to, to the today's challenges. And then we like to st still, and, and most importantly, look at down to the national or a local level what are the initiatives that are being taken by sometimes civil society or, or individuals to improve the, the food systems? And I think by keeping this kind of mix between those three levels, this is, I think, how the FFA can ensure to have a more holistic approach to, to understanding better the, the future of the food. Um, I just wanted to go briefly back to, to uh, the growth of the FFA. Obviously, last year we had to cancel um, the main event uh, due to the outbreak of, of the corona pandemic. I wonder if you could talk a little bit to our listeners about what that was like to sort of, because it was cancelled, I think, if I remember correctly, only two weeks before the event was supposed to take place. Like, what is it like to have to sort of reshape a whole event quite quickly? That's correct. Uh, the, t the decision was taken to, to cancel the event um, literally uh, 15 days before it was supposed to happen. Um, I think this was the major direct decision for, for all of the parties involved because it's a lot at stake and for the team in particular there has been hours and hours of work put in this to set it up. Um, it was um, f first of all, it was really disappointing that we had to cancel it. But afterwards, we we saw many new opportunities to reshape the agenda and reshape the the event as such. And um, the team was brilliant in getting informed on how to organize um, virtual um, events, and that is where the way we took to move forward, um, just with our times and not to stay behind. So I want to move back to the content side of things. So this year, the main theme is going to be food system renewal for FFA 2021. How do you pick the, the, the big sort of theme, the big key theme, and then some of the, the subtopics? As you know, we have a, a board with um, the official partners of FFA. We meet up every year just before we start um, the launch of the event, let's say, uh, or before we start launching the organization of the event um, in, in the, just before the end of the summer. And that's when we have a strategic discussion. So it's a kind of brainstorming session together with the partners to understand, okay, what are their core challenges at the moment? Where do they see priority for moving with the food system onwards? And then we have a kind of a general discussion again here, bringing in always, okay, what's happening at, at the global level and what's happening in Europe. Um, and that is how then we identify the, the key theme and uh, the topic. Uh, then the FFA team takes it back into the office, um, brainstorms further in order to identify and, and define better uh, or more specifically what we want to discuss and um, what are the, the, the topics we should really focus on. And then we bring it back to the, to the strategic partners, they approve it and we move on in setting up. The so what are some of the major sub-themes that are going to be on offer during, I, I'm going to say the year of FFA 2021, because it is much more than just the, the conference. Right. We are looking for 2021 when we're discussing food system you know, renewal. It's really about understanding once again, and it's more than understanding, it's really again pushing 
the, the stakeholders of the food system and the food value chain to shift towards implementation of sustainability at their own level. And that's sustainability on short term, mid term and long term. And when we say stakeholders along the food value chain, it means really ensuring that each of them, each of the, the parties involved, make this effort in, in, in moving towards a more sustainable um, food system. That means that we have identified first again the po at political level we want to have a we want to engage the discussion with the leaders the today's leaders um, whether it's in the at the FAO level UN level um, European institution level even like national level of, of member states that means uh, ministers um, or members of the of the parliament we are trying to understand. How do they pick up their leadership in really um, promising and ensuring that they will act for a, a more sustainable food system? Then we take it down to the discussion um, between climate change and agriculture from an industry side, really seeing how is the industry trying to um, really implement some concrete measures that will allow a more sustainable, uh, sustainable practices. And then we always make sure that when we have a discussion, we bring in a diverse and balanced um, views to challenge each other as well. Uh, so that is why we always invite civil society, um, scientists, um, industry, and um, most importantly, then also again here, the political world to uh, sit down together in the panel and discuss, discuss a certain issue. So climate change and agriculture is one, is one of the issues we want to discuss. Um, second of all, we will look at uh, the question of healthy diets. So it's really shifting the diets towards um, that are good for, for human health, but also good for the planet or good for the environment. Um, the question of diet and, and this, this chain from farm to fork is, is really at the heart of the, of the interest of, of a large majority of um, of population, I think, and so we, we are taking it back again on on stage uh, at least on the twenty third of March this year, um, and we will again continue discussing it um, during the the year. Okay, so um, this is an interesting question to me because we've been doing this now. You've been doing this now for for more than ten years. I've been on around about eight years. The forum's always had as its mission to uh, combine environmental and agricultural uh, security and food security. In your own experience, is the food system more sustainable than it was 10 years ago? Because it's sometimes, to me, it seems that we, we're just having the same discussions over and over and over again. In my personal opinion is yes. Um, I have the feeling that um, the food system has moved forward um, towards more sustainability or at least integrating the the message of sustainability um, i find that uh, no matter at what level you are talking um, everybody is aware uh, of the the challenges and that then there is a shift that has to happen and um, whether you look at at supermarkets if you look retailers if you look um, again here more um, the, the farmers themselves they are really looking i think in a at the in a different way at um, their landscape their soils and i feel that there's really something that wants to happen somehow um, what i do see however is that everybody is waiting for the other one to do the first step I hope only that now with the pressure we have, especially related to climate change, I do feel that um, 
things will move a bit faster because there's also much more general awareness from the younger generations as to um, how, how climate change is affecting us in now also in our daily life. I wanted to go back a little bit to sort of the, the, the practical side. So, of course, it's different now that everything's diff- uh, digital. But I wanted to sort of ask you, can, what's it like to run the FFA main stage on, on the day itself? And let's try to focus on a non-digital, on, you know, the before days when, when it was all in, uh, in, in person. In person event, right. I must admit um, I'm, I'm, I have been doing this now for such a long time and usually the weekend prior to the event I feel like all right here are the keys of the event go ahead and I stay home. I usually don't feel like attending the event as such on the day same um, because I feel that everything has been achieved. Nevertheless um, on the day same what happens is that um, we have a very precise schedule almost uh, minute per minute of what is going to happen where, um, whether it's at the location as such, or whether when it is um, picking up the speakers from their hotel to bringing them to the to the venue. Uh, and everybody in the team, and on that day, we have a really, really big team, um, has a, a personal, so individualized schedule, um, and telling them exactly how they should um, run the show. Uh, furthermore, we are connected either by phone or by headsets to ensure that we can communicate with each other um, at any moment of the day. Behind the scene, so for me the biggest um, moment where my heart is um, beating really fast is when I have to give the go to the technical team to say now we start. And um, this is then the moment when the moderators get on stage. Uh, it is uh, always very exciting to, first of all, get to meet the, the speakers, bring them backstage, make sure they are also ready uh, with their microphones, and then um, ask them to, to come up on stage, uh, ensuring every time you are five minutes ahead of time to ensure that um, everything is ready before moving on to the next session, to the next panel, to the next um, break. And um, yeah, it is a, a, a usually a show that starts at nine in the morning and finishes at uh, five, five thirty in the afternoon. Um, and between nine and five thirty, I am really happy when I can sit down for five minutes to grab a sandwich or uh, drink a bit of water. And it's really strange because in the in the square for our listeners, just off the main stage, there's this little square tiny little room where we get all the speakers ready and from 90% of your day you're stuck in that small room sometimes running out to greet the speaker but you're essentially you're fully reliant on others to take the speakers from the hotel to this tiny little room and essentially I don't know what your experience was but I didn't get much of anything of the content or what was said on, on stage. Nothing at all. Um, I have honestly always been obliged to listen to the events after they were uh, finished or the two times I have been listening to them, it was when I was on maternity leave. Uh, so, and then I was happy to be sitting at home and watching on, online. Um, no, the, the, the second thing is, it is true, you, you don't get much of what's happening on stage and the discussion, um, but you do get the atmosphere backstage and this connection between the technical teams, the speakers also, and, and you as a person who is a bit of at the front line and the interaction and also representing the whole FFA team. Um, you, I felt always like an FFA ambassador. Um, and th- th- there you, I mean, of course, it's, it's filled with pride, but also I always felt um, 
the need of, of ensuring that I show that I am relaxed, showing that I feel confident and staying polite and staying friendly, even if you have had a lot of pressure on your shoulders to ensure that the show is running. And um, this is a kind of, uh, for me, was always an interesting uh, situation to be in and uh, happy that it was happening once a year and it was over again. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask a question about the, the speakers because I think more than a few of our listeners will have organized events themselves or in the organizations that, that run these, not maybe of this scale, but they run public events. Um, the FFA had some really big speakers, uh, Queen Noor of Jordan, Kofi Annan, former UN Secretary General, come to mind. Uh, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the process. What's it like getting a speaker of that world-class level? For the FFA, um, community and, and for, for the FFA team and organizers when, when we're trying to reach out to those speakers first of all um, it is ensuring that there is a coherency in them and between the message that we are trying to convey which is bringing environment and agriculture closer together for a, a dialogue um, and the message that those high-level speakers are conveying um, it really comes very much down to Ensuring the arguments that we are using for um, asking them to speak at the event are the right ones. And also the challenge is that within one letter of maybe one and a half pages, you are concise enough to explain what FFA is all about. Um, showing also then that we take it really seriously and all, all involved take really seriously the discussion about um, moving forwards and, and bringing agriculture, bridging agriculture and environment and um, ensuring that when they come on stage that they also help the FFA community and organizers to um, push the discussion a bit further. So uh, it's always dis difficult to reach out to those high-level speakers. Um, sometimes it happens via um, official agencies like speakers agencies and uh, but most of the time it really happens via the network uh, so it needs, means that FFA um, organizers need to be well connected. And uh, to be very honest, um, mo like very often it just happens by sending out an official invitation. So it means by convincing the speaker or his, his assistant or his representative that um, he, he or she should attend the FFA and be part of this discussion because if they really want to act, then um, that's the right place for discussing it. So it's really about um, coming down again to your question is really for me, reaching out to those high level speakers means ensuring that you have a really quality and, and strong and convincing um, invitation letter. We're going to move towards wrapping up the podcast, but I wanted to ask one more question um, because we, you touched on digital already. So what's it like now with Corona and everything? We're not able to do this in person. What, what has it been like to move the FFA and, and the way we do things into an online space, into a streaming space? First of all, I think the biggest challenge was that FFA, right, it was a place, and especially at the square, the, the venue of the, of the event in Brussels usually, um, it was really about the networking area. Net replicating this networking space 
um, virtually, I think, was for us the biggest challenge. Uh, luckily, since March 2020, um, the uh, technical community uh, has been also uh, developing. And so they brought up um, and then created a lot of, of virtual platforms. And this is exactly what we are going to use for FFA 2021. It's a virtual platform with uh, virtual exhibition areas, networking areas. And um, so we really look forward for our audience to, to join and, and speak uh, to each other virtually. And second of all is again adapting the uh, sessions and the panel discussions to something that can be watchable online. That means we are moving away from a, I would say call it a theater show to really more of a TV show. And this is exactly the, the spirit we have um, moved FFA in, saying that we want to um, offer to our audience a, a TV show something that they can watch and that they feel like, okay, really spending 40 minutes, 50 minutes of their daily time to connect and, and, and watch because they believe that um, they shouldn't miss it. And most importantly, making sure that they can also ask questions. So we really invite the audience to, on the day same of the events, tune in uh, live, raise your questions to speakers and um, the teams is ready behind the screens to take those questions and, and ensure that the moderators can interact as much as possible with the audience and with the speakers. Okay, well, we're coming up to the end of the podcast and I will ask you what I have asked of everybody who's come on so far, um, given also your own quite extensive experience, not least now living on a farm yourself. Um, if you could give like one idea or one policy suggestion that you think will create a more sustainable food system, what would it be? I would certainly encourage um, policymakers to ensure that um, they really stay connected with farmers on the ground and uh, the community that's really doing the work on the ground, living in the rural areas. That's where things are happening more than in offices, I believe. If we want to create proper regulation that can be applied, then I would really encourage policymakers to engage the discussion much further and much stronger with, with local communities. So that would be probably my answer to your question. That's a, I think that's a very good answer and, and genuinely something that I would find very important as well. Uh, Caroline Ma from Everdingen, uh, thank you so much for giving everybody a look behind the scenes of FFA 2021 and before. My pleasure, Robert. You've been listening to an episode of Food Systems, a podcast brought to you by the Forum for the Future of Agriculture. Look for us in two weeks when we release our new episode. And in the meantime, please don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app as well as on Twitter at ForumFag for updates on this podcast, news as well as FFA events. Please check out our website, www.forumforagriculture.com, for more great content. Thank you for listening and enjoy your day. Mm -hmm.